it was called someone great because there was someone great in her life. It was Nate, but that someone great is now gone. See, the LCC sound system song would have totally fit. <laughs> what? Except, you know, as I mentioned, it's about a therapist dying and not necessarily a breakup, but it still would have fit. Jesus. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sachis, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch RobComs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, dude. It's Friday night, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. This is my Friday night now. (laughs) as the weather starts to turn yep and the delta variant starts to increase (laughs) god damn it fucking fall is looming around the corner this will become our friday nights is this is this our fall now is this how we usher in the end of summer every year jesus yeah (laughs) we that's how we usher in our summer by taking up all the available hospital beds and staying inside uh okay yeah uh so this weekend yeah labor day weekend i'm gonna try to get the fuck outside because i god knows how long it'll last yeah and i've got oh god if we go through another fucking winter like last winter if we're just staying inside and not having anything open oh my god anyway let's not go down that path yet (laughs) let's prevent it before it happens people yeah, you know, and you remember remember times where you could have a a whole day out doing stuff like yeah, the with girls, people. lots of people. Like, like the girls and someone great, which is the yeah. movie that we watched this week. Uh it's a movie that you chose as we ventured out of shit last month. Um and it's a Netflix movie that came out in 2019. It's one that I remember hearing about as it came out, it's got a, it's got names that I recognize as far as Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, it's and I got remember names. Yeah. Reading reviews about it, but I never actually sat and watched it. And, yeah, I don't. Then, I, yeah, I don't remember anything about it at all. I think I may have even completely. No, I'm sure I saw it on Netflix at some point when it came out, but I don't remember anything about it. I think yeah, I actually, you, you, I remember the scene where maybe I saw it in the trailer or something where she's in the cab, like longingly looking out at all the memories going by. Ah. Uh, and yeah, and basically, you know, some, you know, people who have seen it. Oh, yes. This was, uh, this was recommended to me by some wonderful people. Um, yes. And, and gave me a little bit of insight into these said wonderful people. Uh, well, so now that we're out of shitless month, we go back to the original order of the movie where we're talking about the facts first before we get to Rotten Tomatoes. So, all right, someone great is a 2019 American romantic comedy film written and directed by Jennifer Caton Rob Caton. Wow, there's no L there, Caton Robinson. 
What? Um, and the instead film of, stars Jeter. Like instead of Caitlin? Yeah, it's K A Y T I N. Caitlin? Yeah. Huh. Uh, the film stars Gita Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, DeWanda Wise, Lakeith Stanfield, and Peter Vock. Uh, I believe that's the guy who played Matt. Um, yeah. It was produced by Paul Feig. He of uh, Bridesmaids directing and producing uh, fame. And he also writes and produces, or well, produces, directs a lot of, uh, you know, female centric movies. Um, oh, does he? Got, yeah. Um, he did that spy movie that Melissa McCarthy and Rose Byrne were in. Oh, I fucking loved that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Another great Melissa McCarthy appearance. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, this movie was released in April of 2019, April 19th to be exact, uh, and the running time is 92 minutes somehow. Wow. It felt real long. <laughs> it felt so much longer. It felt like two hours. It did. It really did. Um, it felt like it was over. We, we both reacted to that. It felt like it was over like 25 minutes before it was. Yeah. Because you said... How is there 25 minutes left? <laughs> yeah, when she's looking at Nate at the at, neon yeah. classic. And, and I was just like, how long do we have left? And it's and I saw 26 minutes and my heart fell. Uh, <laughs> that, should, that should tell you things about oh. how I feel. Um, Gina Rodriguez plays a music journalist who decides to go on a last hurrah with her two best friends after her boyfriend dumps her right before she is due to leave the city to take her dream job. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot else as far as like tidbits or anything else because it's a Netflix movie. Um, so we'll just go straight into Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah. Cause uh, they don't, they don't, they don't tell us the budget or anything, right? Yeah. This is technically rated R, uh, which makes sense. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, they say fuck like a billion times. Yeah, they smoke. They chain smoke joints. They chain smoke Lincoln Logs. <laughs> the fucking those size of those joints. Impressive. Like Impressive. My God. You and I would be absolutely gone. I would be asleep. I'd be, I, would I would be in another... Asleep. Go ahead. I would be in another plane of existence. Like it would, I would not I, be of this realm. I would have fallen asleep at least four different times. <laughs> like, yes. It's yes. just every time they're like, okay, we got to go do this now. Nope. <laughs> there's just, there's, there's Renee just on the side. I, I'm asleep. taking a nap. Asleep. I'm taking a nap here. I'm taking a nap here, and I'm taking a nap here. You're sleeping like, in the background of every scene. Every scene, yes. there's somewhere in the background Renee is sleeping. Renee has found a bench or a stoop outside to sit on and sleep yep. at. For, I'm going to take a 15-minute power nap while you go shop. All right. That whole that right. whole fucking uh, neon classic, you're in the back booth. You're just sleeping on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I... Legit, if this was uh, this was me in this movie, it would have been called "Someone Sleeping." <laughs> I would have, I just would have been in an existence of being high and then being asleep. Um, <laughs> sativa, indica, that does not matter. 
I would have been asleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, there are 53 reviews for this film on Rotten Tomatoes. What is the Rotten Tomato score? Um, uh, 56%. This film is certified fresh at oh. 83%. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> the critics' consensus uh. is what someone great lacks in originality and makes up for in relatability and charm. Thanks in large part to the undeniable chemistry between its talented leads. Uh, I hate that that review is actually kind of correct. Yeah. Um, so uh, Christina Escobar of Latina, latinamedia.com uh, writes, uh, it fulfills and advances the promise of earlier feminist shows giving us a new set of women that better reflect what the world and New York actually look like. I mean, um, does it, does it though? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what New York looks like. I, but... I, I don't know because I'm not a woman in my late twenties in yeah. New York. Um, <laughs> Kate Young uh, of the blog 30 flirty and film uh, gave it a positive review. Uh, what works about someone great is that it manages to separate those two meaningful kinds of relationships and highlights them without pitting them against each other. So like friendship and well, that's, that's definitely true of it. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Roger Moore of movie nation gave it a two out of four. And this is considered a negative review. Uh, he wrote, Witty banter, but superficial, glib, and exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Deirdre Malumbi of entertainment.ie, basically another blog. Um, positive review. A beautiful tribute to the hilarity and healing power of female friendship. Uh, well, Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files, another blog gave it a four out of ten uh and wrote like being the designated driver while your friends forget all their inhibitions for one crazy night it stops being enjoyable long before it's time to call it a night oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um then uh yeah and then as far as the last review i'll read um this one uh let's see there it is uh marianne eloise of dazed and confused i believe i've read one from her before on another movie yeah uh, she gave a positive familiar. review yeah she gave a review mentioning a nuanced perfectly soundtracked comedy about heartbreak and friendship that shows a queer relationship as a secondary romantic plot to the straight breakup as and it's a pretty great offering to the canon. What? It's a very uh, informally phrased review. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was. I probably could have read that better, but nonetheless, um, I thought the perfectly sad. I wanted to bring up the soundtrack. The soundtrack's dope. Um, there's there's <laughs> some good songs on this film. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, but um, one thing I noticed is that 
and it's partially because I cherry picked it, but nonetheless, uh, the negative reviews came from males and positive reviews came from females and overwhelmingly the reviews that were there listed on Rotten Tomatoes were from females. It almost feels as if there are two people on this podcast who this film wasn't necessarily intended for. <laughs> and it almost but, feels like the, and the friends that suggested this to you are of a different demographic than us. <laughs> but okay. 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 But true, true, true. But <laughs> two things. Uh, first, I would argue that what rom-com is in our demographic, technically like rom-coms are, are stereotypically, girl quote-unquote movies written by guys well yeah but and those are the ones we tear apart most often (laughs) i mean true the good rom-coms aren't and so like you know it's with that said with that said i will say the two we'd have to we'd have to go back i mean like the the top one it was written written by a female directed by a male when Harry met Sally, as it should be, like that's the perfect partnership. So yeah, yeah it because makes it sense got that... both voices, that's why we hold it in such high regard. Yeah, nonetheless. Um, and it makes even more sense that those two were like best friends too, instead of like yes. actual romantic partners. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're not reviewing that movie, but uh, we could again because that was a good movie. Uh, anyway, I mean, it, it was in the same city. I mean, it's just true. Three decades before, <laughs> I. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, three decades before. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So it, it casts. I mean, it casts a big shadow. I mean, everyone that lives in New York knows they got to compete <laughs> with Harry and Sally. So and then it was also they used Washington Park or whatever, just like when Harry and Sally did as well. Um, I always forget that it's Washington Park, and <laughs> I like to. <laughs> I just started thinking about Harry and Sally dropping Molly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, thinking about them chain smoking joints and taking Molly into the middle of that movie. <laughs> so all the whole time they're just smoking these huge Lincoln Log ass joints. The stupid shit that Harry would have been saying, like paprika. <laughs> god harry do you ever shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah all the unfiltered shit that that meg ryan would have said oh my god she she probably would have brought up the her boyfriend or whatever like his thing bends to the left like just randomly would have said the hi i don't want to hear that why would i want to hear that sally <laughs> that, was, that was a good impression. That was a very good thank Billy you, Crystal thank impression. You very much. I, that one came out of nowhere. I don't that know, was, but it, it was that there. Was it beautiful. Was there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh fuck! I want to see that now. Like I know, know. I want to see them take illicit drugs together now. Can we do? Can we do a When Harry Met Sally too? But get this. It's when their grandparents or parents or whatever, and it's yeah. it's really about their kids falling in love. Yeah, but we just get to see them high as shit in every scene. 
Like that's them <laughs> now. They're like, they're the couple that's like old now and they're experimenting with shit like this. And they're just <laughs> blazed just, in oh, every scene. Sally too, and having their kids who would be in their late twenties at this point, falling in love with other co-eds in New York. And then they do the, the scene where they're sitting on the couch talking about how they first met, which they do at the end of the first right, movie. But right. then <laughs> they're just talking about, you know, recently, because it just recently became legal in New York, <laughs> we recently smoked marijuana for the first time. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> when I when Why would I you need to bring you, that up, Sally? <laughs> when I tell you I bought the biggest pastrami sandwich from Gat's Deli afterward, <laughs> they couldn't have packed enough pastrami in that sandwich. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> oh, that'd be wonderful. I want that to happen now. I want that movie now. Yes. I want the um, money of a producer so that I can call up Billy Crystal and be like, yo, how much will it take? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the problem of availability. It's the problem. Do we want to see Meg Ryan now? Oh, good point. <laughs> that's the. Uh, yeah. Oh well, we'll always we'll always have the first movie. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, uh, back to someone great. Back to someone so, great. Someone great. Who the fuck is uh, someone great? Nate. Nate is someone Who, great. We gotta name the movie after that. Like, yes. Okay. Because hey, if that's how yeah, we're going, it, if that's how we're going, then because this I'll is, concede, but. Yeah. I'm not happy about this, it. Because this movie's about saying goodbye. It's a it's a rom-com about saying goodbye to things of the past. And through different phases, such as breaking up and moving away and so on and so forth. That um, you don't actually have to hate the people to have, like, to move on and, like, have closure. Well, I mean, this is the very first day after a breakup. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to see any sort of progress. Years together, this is not over as far as her dealing with this. In fact, the very last scene starts with her dreaming while she's sleeping in Washington Park. Yeah, her dreaming of Nate coming up to her and saying, "I still want to be together." Yeah, and let's try to work this out. She's not over it. No, she's she's going to move to San Francisco. Not over it. She's going to do some dumb shit in San Francisco. Being not over it. Mm -hmm. This movie could have a sequel if they really wanted it to. I don't know how popular it is, and I don't know if there's really an appetite for it. But if they really wanted to force a sequel out of this, they could. Well, the sequel needs to be said. I think it's the truth. It's the after ever after that needs to be talked about after rom-coms where it's like, especially after a situation like this, it's not all in one day. You don't magically ride off mm -hmm. into the sunset with your friends after one fucking day. That shit's going to be rippling out catastrophically for months and it's going to be rippling out significantly for years. Yes. Like that will continue to be a part of your life in some form for years yeah this uh this movie is an exercise in avoidance 
um, something. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I learned in in therapy recently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it's it's an exercise in avoidance. We're basically. Uh, God, I I can't. I really fucking can't. I'm jealous of you. I really can't fucking wait to to have health insurance (laughs) and go to therapy again. (laughs) But uh, like with avoidance, uh, it it tends to be especially our generation's go to initial response to any sort of breakup or anything where it's like you have time to deal with it and to be really heartbroken and everything about a breakup. But for now, we're we're gonna we're gonna take the initial sting out of this and just go be happy, mm-hmm. and initially avoid it and find short term happiness, which is what mm-hmm. avoidance is. Avoidance is basically for the short term, avoiding the thing altogether, which thus takes away the bad feelings and pain and anxiety that it would bring to you, and so it works in the short term, but then it's still there afterward. And then it still causes the same sort of pain. And then do you continue to avoid it or do you actually face it and go through it? Because that is how you actually solve things is by actually facing it and going through it. And so this whole entire movie is a, day, is a day of avoidance. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, as a standalone 90 minute movie. Cool. Cool. Fine. Totally cool. As a standalone, like just watching people in their late twenties have a day in New York, it's cool enough. I, you know, I wouldn't. I I would give it a little bit of credit to say that I don't think it's entirely about avoidance. I mean, it's a lot of it is, but well, I think I think at least it's like just coping. And it's like, like you said, that's our generation's way to cope is like, we're like, let's just cope immediately and like close this shit off. I don't want to deal with this right now. That's avoiding. Yeah, it is avoidance. But I think that's that's how we all grew up learning to cope with shit. Or a lot yeah. of us did anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's. I mean, I think they do. They spend some time coping. Like she definitely admits that she's sad. She talks to them about certain things. Um, It it gets to that point. They're basically like she like you can't like trying to avoid it for a whole 24 hour period is a very tall, you know, tall task to ask, you know, and basically it gets to the point where she can't. And so then she has her whole, she writes in her, you know, journal and, you know, goes to the place where they catch their, you know, their initials and, you know, supposedly kind of leaves it there for then. But at the same time, as I mentioned, this is far from over. Um, Yeah, I I remember doing a shit ton of those. After breakups. Yeah. Those same fucking gestures where I'm like, yes, this will be the thing that gives me a little, a little ounce of closure. And it's like, no, it it doesn't. You can't just like arbitrarily be like, okay, snap my fingers. No, I'm over it. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Unfortunately with breakups, it's, it's all about time. Yeah. You have to put in time, put in the work and, it sucks, that's but it, that's sucks. that's how that's how it works. Yeah, 
Um, and so, you know, what's the real, I, I would say the, the storyline that has the most like avoidance to finally facing it and going through it is the storyline for, um, I really don't want to say, I don't remember her name in the movie. Aaron um, or Blair. Aaron. 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 Yes. Where she finally faces her feelings and where she finally faces her feelings for her girlfriend, you know, uh... willing to admit that she loves her and everything else. Cause like, as she mentioned, she was hurt by a prospective relationship while in college. And she's, lived in avoidance as far as that's concerned for eight years. And then finally she's willing to like face it again and say, okay, I can't, I can't just like avoid this anymore. We're just like, Oh, we get the short term benefit of like having sex and being couples without me fully putting myself out there. It's like, no, you have to face the, danger of that but once you get through the danger and you're on the other side and you're still there with that person then it's even an even greater feeling and a, uh, and a greater security that you feel yeah it really is but and then god when you damn have it that if that's great, not terrifying and when you have that and when you feel that security and you know you're on the other side of it and you're no longer in fear in that initial fear of this person's going to in her case, going to go back to fucking dudes. Um, then, then at that point, you know, there's, it's a greater happiness that, that you're able to obtain. It's, and there's a greater joy that you have in your life. Um, the latest episode of Ted Lasso had the same sort of uh, feeling as well, where there's, there's a lot of avoidance between a couple in that show. And then at the end of it, after she find she told him what the issue was, you know, he, re, you know, rewarded her with like he ran a bath for her and like did this. It, it was it was really cool. It was a really cool scene. Hmm. Those who watch Ted Lasso now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, so it, yeah, it was just. I mean, that's like the deep part of this film, but at the same time the the real life the, i like that deep part is there to think about but it's more about this film's real where it should live is being played in the background on a sunday when it's cold outside and you're folding laundry <laughs> that's where this movie should live we're back to that analogy <laughs> This is the, for me, this is exactly, that's exactly where this movie lives. And it, specifically, it's, it lives in, in the, you know, in that situation, in the apartments of, uh, of females. <laughs> like, it's not my apartment. Yeah, I definitely, I think it definitely is meant to be understood more by not us. But yeah. I mean, I, that was that the summary that you read at the beginning. I felt like that was a very accurate summary. The the Rotten Tomatoes one or the consensus. Mm -hmm. Just because like, I don't know it. Yeah. A lot of it was so exhausting 
and like the friends dynamic was really shallow. I felt like it was just like very basic. Like you had one friend who was the stereotypical uptight friend and the other friend who's like the go get him, you know, bad bitch friend, you know, like it just felt very like one dimensional and not really developed. And then they tried developing these romantic relationships from those characters. And it was like, okay, that's interesting. I like that. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of like weird, weird stuff, like a weird pairing of stuff where I was like stuff I really didn't like, but then it was paired with like deeper shit that I was like, huh? Okay. I guess I see what you're saying. It felt like watching a sitcom that like an old, like network sitcom where they did 24 episodes a season. And in like, season three episode 21 they had a big climax of uh the main character jenny breaking up with her boyfriend of the whole show oh, name. God. and then yeah, this is, is episode like... 22 and this is like episode 22 where her friends and her try to forget the whole thing and like leading up to the end like the season finale which is where she moves to san francisco so like there's still three episodes left this felt like that episode holy and shit we, and, and we never watched the whole series beforehand. Holy so fuck, that's like so true. In, and we just jumped into the sitcom, just like, what's happening? Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. TV show vibe. Uh, yeah, this was uh, this was like a Ross and Rachel type of fucking episode. Yeah, this was. It's like watching, oh it, like, God. remember we talked about the whole cons list thing in yeah. Friends, like <laughs> off air yeah. where he writes the cons about his current girlfriend and he writes the cons about, cons about Rachel and then his cons about his current girlfriend is that she's not Rachel. Yeah. But then Joey misspelled Rachel as Rachel and then Rachel <laughs> doesn't understand that it's her. And so, um, and so yes. basically it'd be like as if, we never watched Friends, and then we watched the very next episode after that whole list thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, we don't get any of the Another reason that it's so fucking accurate is another thing those types of episodes actually have is that weird balance of like a kind of a comedic, lighthearted storyline and then some really dark, deeper shit that you mm -hmm. can connect that, you know, because it's a sitcom, they're trying to connect to the widest audience to begin with. So they. Exactly their deep dark shit is going to hit home with a lot of people. And mm -hmm. that's where this movie actually like succeeded. At least it did shit like that. Like, Holy God. Some of the like shit about the relationship, about the breakup, all of that stuff. Like some of those scenes were so gut wrenching because any level of that feeling of having to go through that feeling, if you've ever had to go through that is like, that's so relatable. So mm -hmm. like they, it's just like a sitcom where they, they picked the most relatable things to, to hit on. That's why the friends dynamics were undeveloped <laughs> because we didn't mm -hmm. see the first 20 episodes. Yeah, we didn't see the first two seasons before this first twenty episode. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say this though: they did start. They did start hitting on something that was. I feel like they could have gone a little farther with, but they they did a decent job of bringing up 
staleness in like a relationship mm. like nine years that's a fucking long ass time you're gonna go through some staleness they sugarcoated the hell out of it like nine years and they're still acting like that around the breakup time <laughs> fuck that's optimistic but it's like especially like how much you change from college on who that's a lot of change to go through in those nine years too. It's not like nine years in your thirties or forties. I would assume. I'd... Yeah. But I, uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, so the staleness was there that I, they brought that up a couple times and I liked how they presented it where it was not really staleness in the relationship as much as it was just staleness with, themselves like it's clear they both rely on each other they both need e they actually do need each other like to be themselves and they haven't like he says in the breakup i feel like we haven't had a chance it's been nine years i feel like we haven't had a chance to be ourselves i doubt in the heat of the moment you'd have the smarts to say something like that but but he's right like and to like to notice that is incredible, first of all. But like that's that's true. That's exactly what's causing it. It's like it's sometimes it's not even the staleness. It's not the relationship necessarily. It's like you two are still individuals that need to be nurtured, regardless of whether you're single or in a relationship. You are still individuals with your own goals and beliefs and upbringings and everything. And you need to still nurture that. And being in a partnership doesn't mean giving that up at all. If anything, it means having someone to help you nurture it and you help them nurture theirs. That's why it's called a partnership. So realistically, yeah, he should have been like if as he brings up, if if it was working, if it was still that partnership, there would no there wouldn't be any talk about breaking up. There wouldn't be any talk about anything besides, okay. You got the you got the dream of your you know you got your dream in San Francisco. Now what do we do? Like, do I move? Do we do distance for a while till I can find a job? Like you start problem solving with each other, and you don't do that if it's already kind of you know not quite at that partnership level. Anyway, yeah. that's my fucking five billion cents. <laughs> I mean. Am you're, I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not. You're not wrong, especially because you're the one at, between the two of us that has the actual relationship experience. I, I do not. Well, you um, still have some level of relationship experience, whether it's like long-term girlfriend or not. Everybody has yeah. some level of connection between. I, I have that. relationship experience the same way that uh, that I also have knowledge about the game of football. <laughs> um, I watch it a lot. Uh, <laughs> like so, um, we watch a lot. We study a lot of rom coms. Study a lot. Study it a lot. Uh, no, um, but you know, along what you were saying there, um, there was there was a point that I wanted to make along the same lines, but I, I've lost it. Um, oh, my bad. I was ranting there for a while. Thank you for no, letting no, no. me go. I was kind of hoping you'd no, jump no, no. in at some point, but. No, no, no. Um, you're, you're good. No. Um, yeah, it, it with 
that whole was it related to something I said? That's what it was. So I it was real interesting in the movie how they chose to show I mean they tried to show the dissolution like the the creation and dissolution of the relationship through these flashbacks that Jenny has throughout the film. Yeah. And it's like in the film's only 90 minutes anyway. And it's like, you're going to what? Like we're going to try to, we're going to try to somehow pack this much in to this. Okay. So of course the relationship doesn't feel as, grand as it would be in that person's life because it's it's an impossible task but i it is especially interesting to see what they chose as like the the event that was really that really showed a disconnect between the two of them and how like it seemed like it was a recent thing that happened where after they fought it what was it? Well, they fought about they were fighting about San Francisco again and everything else, and then they were sleeping in the same bed, and then they have sex. Like she doesn't even take off her top, and she still has her panties on. And then he basically just like thrusts the whole time, and like she's not into it. Mm. And then he basically like just goes and goes and finishes, and she's just kind of laying there like looking off, like she was not involved. Mm-hmm. Like he just basically like used her as a human fleshlight. Um, and then she gets, she's just, she's going to get water and she gets up and she's just like kind of shell shocked from it. And then he like hugs her and says, you're my person and everything. It was just oddly, it was oddly like abusive. Like it felt abusive and it was just like, this is it was, it was definitely this is a choice and it was like yeah it was uncomfortable and it was almost like uh what are we not seeing like there is if that's happening there's other things that are happening with that she has not that she's repressing in the memories that we're not seeing as an audience and it's like to go that like i'm not saying that that kind of stuff doesn't happen and i think that that's a very real thing that happens in real life for a lot of relationships, unfortunately. I feel like that's a situation that's common and that there's a lot of women out there who could probably relate and probably look back at a time where their partner might have done the same thing to them. At the same time, is that the situation to bring it up in this movie? Like when we're... Like, is that the way that you want to describe them being disconnected? Is, I mean, it felt like a little too far, but Uh, I mean, at the same time, I admire the, like, shining a light on it. I didn't. I mean, I, maybe I completely missed something, but I did not read that at all okay maybe i fucking did miss something and if i did holy shit that's i mean now that you phrase it that way that's that scene is kind of weird i mean for a whole lot of other reasons but i just read it as like it was super uncomfortable because of 
I didn't read it as like she was, um, you know, being used or something. It was more of like her, her face, her expressions were, I read it as more of like, um, she just wasn't into it. Yeah. But it's, it's like, I mean, it, it, it's like you're, you're questioning a lot all at once and just everything about this feels uncomfortable, but it's not uncomfortable because it's like, well, it's, it's, see, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. Cause like she initially, like what else kind of adds to it is that she could sense at the beginning, by the yeah. way, you know, kudos to this movie for the whole consent thing. Like there was the scene in the office between Matt and Blair where, where he does get serious. He's like, he, if, if, where he says, I mean, if, if you, you want, no. if you say stop, if you want me to stop, I will stop. And then she says, don't stop. Yeah. So then he continues. That like, was cool. Was, I liked that. That was yeah. a great I mean, way to, to because set that in. That, and that's important to show on film. Absolutely. So like kudos to the film for like being very like, you know, very present in, you know, sexual politics and like, you know, showing consent and sex and everything. So there was like initial consent when they decide to start having sex again. Like it's obvious like this is, you know, sex after an argument sort of thing. But then it immediately turns where he's going super yeah. hard. Yeah. And it's just like, and it turns where it's like, like it looked like it was going to be, oh, just like makeup sex. And now it's turning into something a little more sinister because he's thrusting really hard. Like it, it felt like he was just going really hard and she wasn't an active participant in what he was doing. Oh, uh, okay. I see. What, there was, I see what there was saying. no. He he was not paying attention to her needs in that situation, and that's that's where I'm going with it. Where it's like, yeah, that happens in, in sex, especially because guys are fuck boys. We know this, but at the same time, like it's just very it's a very odd choice to bring that up now mm. in that situation and to have her remember that and then still be like pining for him and like the good times where it's like, if it had devolved to that by the end of your relationship where he wasn't paying attention to your needs sexually and he was doing that to you after, um, after an argument about you leaving, that's, that's a red flag. That's, that's a, well, it's, a red it's, sheet. It's that's a, <laughs> get out of there it's a red flag uh, for sure in terms of the relationship like the relationship is in a very unhealthy spot again i don't read into it that way it's yeah i see it as them being very just they both are in a place where they they're they're not invested in each other anymore and it's that's what it's showing it's showing that they're only thinking of themselves and they're just doing it in different ways he's being you know selfish about the here and now where he's like, okay, well, I've, we're having sex. I might as well come. And she's like looking off thinking about, fuck, I don't want this. Like, this is not, I don't want this relationship anymore. I don't want this, you know, it, that's what I read from it. I, if you're right, then holy fuck. Yeah. That's a disturbing scene. Well, yeah. I, you know, the only thing that, that I would, you know, 
argue back on, on that is that she's not the one who broke up with him. And she was the one who was trying to make a long distance thing happen. And she didn't want out of the relationship. And she's obviously not over the relationship at the end of this day. So that's had, why. Had they already think, broken up when they had sex that time? No, but they were, they had an argument right before that scene about her moving to San Francisco. She told him yeah. that she was moving to San Francisco. I think that's what makes it fo- so fucking uncomfortable is that like, they were just, I get like angry sex sometimes, but Jesus, that's, that's not angry sex. That's like, this is a real issue. You were in the middle of a real actual adult relationship argument. Mm. It, you're not in the mood to have sex after that. And then they do. And it's like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. It, and, like, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I've actually been in that situation before though. So I like, yeah. I get the un- discomfort level that goes with that and, territory. And they're also trying to show, cause like there was a part earlier in the movie where they had an argument like earlier in their relationship and then you know she taps him and says hey i'm you know she was about to say i'm sorry and he like and he goes no no i'm and like right, they, they right. were gonna apologize and then they engage in makeup right. sex and and so and, and go from there so i know i understand they were trying to show the difference between where their makeup sex I, again your point your point stands of like did you still did did we still need to use it as that's the like that's the tipping point that's really what... yeah like that's the that was the tipping point to show that their relationship had devolved but like you know i guess like the arguments but i mean yeah like that the, the you know it's just that deeper, is a, deeper that shit is a like key that. A, that is a key aspect of relationships, though. The whole, the sex part. And if that's, you know, that disconnected, regardless of the whole sinister aspect of it that yeah. I may or may not be reading into. Either um, way, it's a disconnect. Regardless, right. there was obviously a disconnect. There was obviously no longer, you know, it was no longer a mutual experience. It was a... <laughs> It was, you know, he was going to come and he was, you know, if he wanted to, to go along, he could. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was something different. And that's. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, maybe as she thinks about that memory down the line later on in the breakup, she'll read something different into it. Um, I mean, yeah, it reminds me of, eventually she won't think of those sorts of memories. Eventually. Eventually you get to a point where those memories kind of fade back behind the the good memories where it's just like, God, I'm so glad I got to experience that. Or I'm so glad I got to do that or, you know, feel that way. It's eventually you get to that point with a lot of time. Not one day, not one day. Yeah. So what would you say is the kiss of the film? Oh, I don't know. There were some pretty good ones in there. Uh, there were a lot. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot. From a lot of them. And it's just, I'm trying to, th- I guess like the only couple, quote unquote, would be Aaron and and her girlfriend. The only ones that, you know, make it. Yeah. But I can't, 
Uh, probably. Probably. Except when she's like kissing her to not answer her question about going to brunch. Uh, how about when she says that she loves her? I was looking at my phone, so I didn't see if they kissed or not. <laughs> God damn it. And, that... and also. The, and also, that scene was stolen by Blair, aka Britney Snowby. Oh my on god! Molly and pouring water into plants. That was fucking hilarious. I was yeah. that part. I actually laughed my ass off at. Yeah, I, I, there are some jokes and some gags that I laughed at. Yeah, for sure. yeah, there were definitely um, some gags. Yeah, it just uh, it for me it didn't it didn't have enough gags to balance out the heavy heavy shit yeah. that it touched on. Like yeah. you you tell me. That if this is a rom-com, it needs to be a fucking rom-com. Delve into as much heavy shit as you want, but you got to balance that shit out. you got to balance it. Um, I legit can't think of a kiss. I, that, that's that the only, that that's the only one. That's the only one I would, I would recommend, but. All right. Um, I give it a C because I can't even remember it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I honestly don't really even, did we, okay, now I'm wondering if there was Did one. they kiss? Um, I, they had to. She told, she pours her heart out, tells her the story. I, we didn't even see her say, I love you. She was having trouble saying she it. Was, and they kind of came to an understanding. Aaron and, what was her name? Leia. Someone, great. We're going to get to the bottom of this, Renee. Don't you, don't you worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's admits her feelings to her girlfriend Leia and Blair. Okay. No. No. We're not going to get to the bottom of this. Okay. Cool. Kiss. Oh. Maybe. Oh. Yes. Ah, uh, I was right. Okay. Wait. No. 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 No, that's the morning scene. Yep. Yep. Is that really the only time they kiss? I believe so, yes. What the fuck? How do you not kiss after you tell someone you love them? Because technically she didn't say it on screen. Oh, wait, hang on. I found a screenshot. Bam. Okay. Yep. They do kiss on the couch in Leia's apartment. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. I, I give it a C. Whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, considering I didn't even remember it that vividly, I'd give it a C. Uh, RuPaul's in this. RuPaul's in it <laughs> as a drug dealer. Oh, yep. yeah, that's where they get the molly from. <laughs> yup. This tiny um, ass chihuahuas. What happens after ever after is uh, Jenny's not over the breakup. And no, you don't say. She's gonna do some dumb wild shit. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she by is. Dumb, by dumb wild shit, I mean buy a, a red eye plane ticket to New York because she saw a post by Nate, uh, <laughs> and like go oh, to so an area like she's going to like buy plane like a plane ticket to New York and go do something without having like a you know, a writing assignment or anything like that to do in New York. She's going to, she, she's going to make herself miserable and the months until she's finally okay. 
but it's going to take months. Okay, so since you haven't been through this, tell me, how are you get, gathering this information so accurately? What sources have you observed in your past? I just just told you, I, I watch I watch a lot of football, and you know I've seen a lot of the relationships. You know, some in person, some on the screen. You know, God damn it. Is. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> let's go to the verdict. Um, the verdict. My verdict is uh, this film has an audience. Yeah, this film has an audience. I am not that audience, so I kill it. I gotta say, for not being the, like the audience members, the targeted ones, I feel like like I feel like it brought some good shit out of us this episode, right? Like. Exactly. That's why it's got an audience. It's got a place. You know, I'm. It's just. I'm glad I we can still do, talk about it. At least I do not want to watch it again. <laughs> um, I was. Bored yeah, it was. Day. It it was rough. It was. Oh my god. It was. I don't want to. It was rough for you, not necessarily in quality, but what it was making you feel. Along. Yeah, it was quality. just a lot of it hit home, and it was just like Jesus, like. God, this this journey is so difficult. Like, God, these emotions are some of the most gut wrenching of all. Like that we experience in life, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I guess the quality wasn't that bad for me. I guess I think I think it's worth a watch simply because of the relatability and the deepness, I guess, of those aspects. But I wouldn't, I would not watch it again. It was painful <laughs> in a lot of ways, but it was, it was life. So I'd have to give it a fuck. Okay. So you can find our socials. Uh, on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. I uh, can find Instagram or excuse me, the Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so S U P R Market Sweep. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88, and that's R E L U S A 88. And then also look out for my other podcast that I have with my sister, Rebecca, called We Watched RMTV, where we pick songs from our childhood slash early adulthood, your teenage years, um, slash early adulthood for my sister, but she doesn't want to admit that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I finally listened to it. I finally listened to a couple episodes of that the other day while I was working. Oh, nice. What do you think? I, I liked it. I liked the. I was listening to the one with the cure and the beastie boys. And I was like, yep. Yep. I yeah. Was, I was agreeing with some of that. So yeah. Fucking beastie so, boys, man. That was the 89 episode, October 89. I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I legitimately had, I don't even remember that song of the beastie boys. So that was, Oh, Hey ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a it, deeper track. It's off of Paul's boutique, which, was an album that people look back at now as like a classic and also like a foundational hip hop album because of their use of samples and how like people disperse that production technique now. But when it came out, especially after the huge hit that License to Ill was, like License to Ill was like 
sold almost like 10 million copies. And then Paul's Boutique came out and it like barely sold a million, if that. It might have even sold less. So everyone thought it was a fucking flop. Like it was just, <laughs> they didn't nearly match. It'd be like, uh, um, it, it was, it'd be like if like, it's kind of how Coldplay had their like, initially came out and then they had their second album their second album kind of right 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 along the way anyway but yeah that's that's so the song being on that album it kind of fell along the wayside but they had it had a video the video was on mtv and the video is dope as fuck where they play pimps and everything it's hilarious anyway uh your socials oh uh you can find me on instagram at the lionhearted which is t-h-e period l-y-o-n-h-e-a-r-t-e-d booyakasha Someday, uh, someday so, we should actually do stuff with those, but yeah, well, one someday, day, one someday, day, one, one, one day. day. Um, it is my choice for a film. There's no theme to follow or could you anything just, else. Could you put us back on track? I, I'm, I'm enough. I'm, I got enough feels for a bit. Like, fuck. Yes, we're watching Chasing Liberty. Chasing it's, is that the fucking is that Julia Styles? No, no, it's a film starring Mandy Moore and Matthew Man. Good. Oh my and god! Jeremy Piven. It's, it's Mark it's Harmon a, and Mark Harmon's in it. Um, my sister Monica told me about this film about uh, six to eight months ago. I decided to watch it when she told me about it because she was like, "It's a." It was just a random film that she randomly watched just on a Sunday and she liked a lot. I watched it. I liked it a lot. The first time I watched it figure why not watch it again for the podcast and see how I feel the second time. Let's fucking do it. I've never seen this before this. Okay. 2004. I'm down. I mean, it is, it is not necessarily of, but we're not watching citizen Kane here, (laughs) but, but at the same time, it's a fun film. It, I feel like it's gonna be back to the carefree rom com ways that we're sweet, looking sweet. So. I I need a little break. I mean, I'm happy to do the feels once yeah. in a while because you know they're real. It's yes. good to talk about them. Yes, I I need a I need one of these. So especially especially when we've just combined life as we know it with with someone great. We combined. <laughs> you know, yeah. losing your best friends in a car crash oh and having God. to be a parent and adult responsibilities. Oh. And then we mixed it with having a breakup and dealing with adult responsibilities. How about we go with the president's daughter is stuck in <laughs> Europe trying to do shit as an 18 year old. All right. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> perfect. So until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Love you guys.